I'm realizing pretty quickly that Daryl should probably just be the host. Like, I feel like an idiot <laughs> today. I, I think I've, I'm, I'm, I'm just giving the mic to my replacement. I don't like, agree. I don't disagree with you. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I have the time. <laughs> we don't have the time either. <laughs> All right. Um, so today we've already established that the two of you are going to ask five questions uh, instead of me giving you five five facts. You're going to ask me five questions uh, based on the format that you know. So we each get to ask you five or five no total. five total. <laughs> five total. And I'm going to say defer to Tom on the first question because he's he's learned how to ask the first question. Okay. Well. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So what I typically ask is: Is it a a uh, tree shrub? Uh, forb or graminoid, yes, or other. I include ferns and vines and other. Uh, it, so. okay. it is an herbaceous forb. Which, friend, I don't know if we've ever done a, a fern or a vine yet. So we haven't. That's, we I know have they're on not. the list, but they, they are. But we have not done one yet. All right, Daryl. What questions do you have? Um, I've got a bunch of questions. All right. Um, well, my first question is: What's the flower color? Uh, it has a. That's a good question. Why have I never asked? <laughs> <laughs> it has a small tubular blue violet flower, or flowers, I should say. It has small tubular blue violet flowers. Can I guess? You got to ask three more questions first. You can always chime in and say, "Oh, yeah. I'm thinking this." Yeah, I do that sometimes when I actually have a clue. But go ahead. You, so, you get that's only two questions. Yeah, I'm gonna say how how tall does it get? Up to five foot tall. Does that change what you think it is, Daryl? Can I ask for clarification on that up to five foot tall? Is that include is that the flower or is that is that flower stalk or foliage? I that's with flower stalk. Okay, that's with flower um, stalk. It, and again, it, 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 it is varied. Like it, you could say, does it get six feet? Does it get four feet? Yeah, it's it, typically like a good range is up to five foot. Okay. I think that's fair. Okay. I, I don't think you would argue that with me when you find out what the plant is okay that's fine um is it uh sun shade wet or dry full sun to part shade now wet or dry is a whole different question i can give you the wetland indicator status but you'll have to burn a question for that you've asked four questions mm-hmm. yeah. you got one i'm left. okay doing that i, you want I do have wetland some indicator ideas. status. yeah it is a facultative wet Facultative wetland indicator status. So those are your five clues. So the the five facts is is an herbaceous forb with small tubular blue-violet flowers that gets up to five feet tall, thrives in full sun, part shade, and is a facultative wetland uh, uh, indicator status. All right. right. Daryl, you said you thought you knew. All right. The the, the height is kind of throwing me off. I was thinking Lobelia syphilitica. All right. Okay. Which that was something I thought of too with the blue flowers. I'm going to go with. um, I'm going to go with Verbena Hostata. All right. So Daryl. We're going to try. I'm trying something different so that one of us gets it right. right. So Daryl guessed Lobelia syphilitica. And Tom guessed Verbena Hostata. I saw your finger (laughs) creeping over. I started to smirk. You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day with 
Tom and Fran. I am Fran. And I'm Tom. And we still have our special guest, Daryl Kabeski from Sunset Farmstead, who is who is bringing the knowledge to the podcast. But not a very good plant guesser. No. I'm fine <laughs> I, you know, I did win the, the Dairy Quiz Bowl championship for uh, for our county back when I was uh, – actually, no, I came in second. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but it was, it was it was teams of five, and the other team was stacked. They had all the release, and I almost – I almost mounted a glorious comeback. I was like, I don't know, 14 or 15. <laughs> this story and we good. almost won. And I was the only one answering questions on my team. So I've, uh, I've just had it. This has been my calling. I, uh, I is, don't know. That just went to hell. You're like, we won, we won. Wait, no, no we, we came in second. second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've you never been do. a trivia buff, so that's kind of where this has taken me. Well, I think this is good. It's, it's hard when you think of in five questions to narrow down 30,000, yeah. you know, <laughs> The Plans. good thing is they're never asking about like art and plays and and all the <laughs> weird stuff on Jeopardy. I'm like, I, why am I even playing this game? Now <laughs> the one watching. the one clause is very like I always lump these together when I give the clues, but I didn't because I felt it would give it away. Which is it, it is an herbaceous four, but it's of the verbenaceae. Uh, mm. Yeah, yeah, that would have given it away. Yep. Verbenaceae family, which includes verbena and lantana. So. I think uh, I'm happy that I didn't give you that one. So that the, would have changed my guess. The other thing, <laughs> and even though I did tell you it has small tubular blue violet flowers, I didn't expand to say the flowers on each spike uh, bloom uh, bottom to top, and only a few at a time. Mm-hmm. So, mm. but that could have Lobelia syphilitica. Blue, blue, I don't blue. know if it does from bottom to top. I think that does from top to bottom. Yes. So this actually blooms. So. It starts blooming at the bottom and works its way up the top. I think syphilitica reverses that. So that yeah. might have given it away. One of the really interesting things I see on here that we didn't ask, and you might even just said it, is its native range. I didn't. No, it's it's native to all 48 states, so the entire uh, continental U.S., which, which is a great plant that we can discuss because anyone who's listening in those states could mm-hmm. legitimately plant this plant. Yeah, and what kind of conditions does it grow in when you when you see it in a wild setting? Where are you going to find it? So we did mention that's facultative wet. So this one to me pops up a lot on the nursery voluntarily. I don't know if you see that. Is this a plant that you grow at, at Sunset uh, Farmstead? We do not grow any okay. verbena right now. But this is something that we see popping up in the pots. <laughs> Even though we didn't plant it, you'll see it volunteering itself. But it's facultative wet, so you do see it in a lot of wet meadows. Um, it is a full sun to part shade, so open areas uh, that are a little bit more wet. You know, I think uh, facultative wet is 60, 66 to 99% of the time it's found in wetlands. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely likes wet feet. So I think that's something that that you'll see. Um, I think that's a good a good rant. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, where, yeah. where I see a lot of it occurring naturally around here is right behind our our seed farm. Yeah, um, and it's just a we call it a wet meadow. It's yeah. it's a lot of there's some trees that pop up around the borders, but the majority of it is just low lying grasses. You get some um, in some wetter areas. You get some cattails and some sweet flag, and then you'll be walking along, and there's a lot of like New York ironweed. There's a yes. lot of Asclepias yes. and carnata. Which are and about, a lot of um of a lot of blue vervain in there. Yeah, well. uh, New York ironweed, Vernonia nova borosensis uh, is also a facultative wet. Mm-hmm. Uh, swamp milkweed is an obligate. So we we get a lot around our pond where there's runoff. Yep. Uh, yep. Into the pond, so we'll see it volunteering. It's a there. place where I wouldn't say like there's not 
there is standing water at times, but most of the time it's just a little spongy. When you're yeah. walking on it, it kind of feels like Soft. you're walking on a mattress. Yeah, it's not yeah. completely saturated. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. probably, now I'm thinking about it, it's probably not a good analogy. Walking on, how many people are actually walking on mattresses <laughs> regularly to, uh, to know what it feels like? I don't know, maybe. Yeah. That's your that's your goal tonight is and report back for tomorrow's yeah, yeah. episode. <laughs> Compare your mattress to the field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it does bloom midsummer. It's a, it's a July August bloom, so that always helps if you're trying to to identify some of these things in the wild. It's always good to know bloom time. Like if if you're seeing it, something that you think's verbena, but it's April, more than likely it's not. It's it's a July August bloom, so that's always a good indicator. Um, and it does have a lance shaped, sharply toothed green leaf that's about six inches long. So um, how would you describe? Yeah, I always look, Tom. I'm curious what you think. Whenever I see the bloom stalks, it always kind of reminds me of like a candelabra. Yes. Almost. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it, I, I, I kind of get that candelabra feel of how the spikes come up. It's not just like one spike. It just kind of, I don't know. Yeah. Can I can I file a complaint? Sure. With the, with the producer of this show? Yeah. I'm seeing that your, your height that you gave us was two, five feet. Yeah. And I, I have visual pictures <laughs> like i have pictures on my phone of a plant that's probably a foot taller than me i don't know that i've ever seen him that yeah. big two five feet and i did say you know it could be four to six mm-hmm. i don't know if i've ever seen one taller than yeah me, it's uh personally they, yeah they can well in this certain spot they get really okay big. but that's so. an outlier you're always gonna have yeah, outliers. there's a lot of outliers back there <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the complaint is noted and ignored <laughs> so um if if you we we mentioned where you would plant it or where you would find it naturally in the wild, the root system is it's a very fibrous root system and it does have short rhizomes. So and we we did mention that it volunteers in easily, but it's also short lived. Now how short lived? I always think of it more as as that seed spreading and volunteer yes. than than spreading by rhizomes. I agree. So. I agree. Um, I just don't know. I couldn't find anything to say exactly. I, they were saying short-lived. I don't know. Is that in something in the seed field? Is that something that we have to keep planting in, um, or or it could just be reseeding itself? I think a lot of the time is it's been reseeding in our in our fields there. So, but in the uh, typically it will form colonies in the wild uh, by both thick, slowly spreading rhizomes and self-seeding. So you'll get a little bit of both. You're going to get rhizomal growth. You're going to get self-seeding, but it can. I wouldn't call it aggressive though. I, I wouldn't call it like Canadian goldenrod aggressive. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. No, no, not at all. So, um, how does it uh, help uh, wildlife? How does it help your bees? And then, or are there other wildlife that use it as well? It has a lot of great wildlife value, actually. Uh, long and short tongued bees can collect the nectar and sometimes the pollen. Uh, bee pollinators will include the epiline cuckoo bees, the eucerin minor bee, the halic. Hal- Halictid bees and specialist verbena bees. So there is a, uh, a specialist bee for this. Um, bees and butterflies do love the flower, uh, and if you leave the stems over the winter, goldfinches might just come and eat the seed. Um, caterpillars of the, of the verbena moth and the common buckeye butterfly feed on the leaves also, and it's the larval host for the the common buckeye butterfly. So that's a lot. I think that's a uh, that, that's, oh, yeah. a, that's a lot of wildlife hour. And it is, you know, here's the thing. I, I always take these with a grain of salt. And it a lot of. You mean of, how it says it's somewhat deer resistant? Yeah. Right yeah, somewhat. I do too. Uh, 
like, da- like I wish everyone earlier, could see Daryl's face right now. Like, like we said earlier, I mean, I, I think it depends on the herd path, herd traffic, what else is available. You know, there's a lot of things. I think I texted both of you guys in the wintertime after I went for a walk through my mm-hmm. yard. There's no, there's tons of deer, you know, in the farm fields in the woods by us, but there was no deer footprints in my yard. It's just the path that they take because there's, yeah. there's definitely things that they eat by us, but they didn't need there was still other food for them, so they didn't yeah. need to, like, search for it yet. Yeah, yeah. Depends on the severity of the winter mm-hmm. and, and what they do. So yeah. it's – I think it's it's a situational thing. In in certain situations, it might be somewhat deer-resistant. Mm-hmm. But if it's the only food for them locally and you have a lot of deer. Yeah. yeah. So I went back in my pictures to find that picture so I could show everyone. Yes. But right before it, I see – I took a picture of another yeah. plant okay. that's an invasive plant that I think this is a good substitute for, and I think you put it on here too. But, Daryl, yeah. take a look at that picture. Would you say that's taller than me? I would, but I want to know if this is like one of your, the, you know, the catch of the fish. You know, it depends <laughs> yeah, on where yeah, you're yeah. standing closer. Maybe, maybe, oh, come on. That's, that's angle and I'm, well, you're I'm taking standing, it at a downward angle and it's still taller than me. You're standing too close to, but look at the one. The, yeah, like the right one here. the one right there is a lot smaller. Yeah, yeah. I right. I think you're doing like a, a yeah. Harry Potter Hagrid camera trick. No, I was actually on my knees. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, that, that one was. There was a bunch of them that were like seven feet. Tall. Okay, it was really All incredible. Right. All right, but um, this is the other picture. Yep. Yeah, that's an invasive yep. plant. Yes, and I, this is what I figured. If if you were planting, and I know, unfortunately. This invasive plant can still be found in garden centers is purple loosestrife or lithrum, um, which is very invasive and can can take over a field. And this provides a ton more pollinator habitat um, and is not invasive. So I mm-hmm. think I would love to see purple loosestrife banned completely, um, but unfortunately it can still be found. So if you're looking to sub something out on your property or if you're thinking of planting purple loosestrife, don't. Mm-hmm. Verbena hostata I think is a great – uh, a great alternative. Yeah. Um, so the other things too is I guess it's toxic in large doses to humans. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if maybe this is why they're considering it somewhat deer resistant, that the leaves are extremely bitter, mm-hmm. even though in small doses you can eat them in small doses. But I don't know why you would want to if – take that gamble and find out, oh, yeah, I ate yeah. too many yeah. or or you're eating something bitter for – I don't know. I yeah, guess if you were in a wet meadow and starving and couldn't find your way out, maybe that's Someone's got to try it to, to <laughs> at least put it in the notes of what if it's going to kill you or not. So I, I would say that's probably why that why it's being noted as somewhat deer resistant is, mm-hmm. is the bitterness because we you always say things like, you know things that have aromatic foliage or aromatic stems yeah. or or something I'll have to like. Check that. out Greg Tepper's book and see if it's in there. Yeah, what he says about it. Oop, throw my pen. So yeah. where does the, the genus name come from? So I know I typically include this in, in the facts, but I have a lot of facts today. So uh, the genus name comes from the Latin name used for some plants in religious ceremonies and also in medicine. So that's where verbena would come from. All right. That one checks out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually true. All right. So it's quiz time. I'm going to give you four uh, factual statements and one lie, and each of you – have to – I'm just looking at the clues. Have to guess which is the lie. Um, verbena was used traditionally in witch-burning ceremonies as purification. Okay. I know there's verbena candles, right? It's not the same verbena. 
No, right? no, because there's lemon scented verbena. There's verbena annuals. There's mm-hmm. um, the genus verbena covers a lot. Yes, uh, the specific epithet of hastata means spear shaped. Uh, verbena hastata is used as a medicinal herb for treating convalescence and people suffering from depression and jaundice. Okay. It has been used as an herbal herbal remedy for everything from headaches to ulcers and cramps. And it's also important to take note that in large doses, it can inhibit hormone therapy and limit effects of blood pressure medication. Because you can get verbena as an over-the-counter supplement like like elderberry. So in large doses, it can inhibit some of these other things that you're doing. Those are your five facts. Why did you defend that fact, friend? Is there a reason you defended that one? No, I'm just saying. Can you repeat number three, please? Number three was, uh, I'm trying to think. It's used as a medicinal medicinal herb for treating convalescence and people suffering from depression and jaundice. I kind of read them out of order, so I'm trying to figure out which one. The last one struck me as odd, but I don't know why you would make that up. So I'm gonna. I go, don't know why I'd make any of these. I, I'm gonna say that they they didn't use it to burn witches. All right. I, All right, Daryl. What is your the witches thing? I, I kind of think that's true because of the religious ceremonies. So I kind of felt yeah, it is. It was kind of related. Verbena. Verbena. I, I was. I was the the the, um, the one I asked you to repeat um, for jaundice and depression. Okay. All right, that's your guess, and you're sticking with I'm the sticking witches. with the witches. All right, so Daryl's guess for medicinal herb for treating convalescence and people suffering from depression and jaundice. He's doing you first. It means he believes wrong. it's false. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom believes the false statement was uh, Verbena Hastata was used in uh, witch uh, witch burning ceremonies as a means of purification. I'm pitching a perfect week. You are pitching a perfect week. Wow. I just jinxed it. I'm going into the last day. I'm jinxing it. Listen, I figured between that and the hormone therapy and blood pressure medication that I could throw you off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The last one. But I'm like, why would he make that up? That's really. I made the witch burning one up based on the religious ceremonies, which got Mm Daryl but didn't Mm -hmm. get you. So. But you came in first place, not second place this time. That's true. <laughs> yeah. All right. Would you would you put it in your yard? My yard particularly, no, because I don't have a place for it. But like I said, in that wet meadow area, oh, it's a it's a great plant there. It's it's it really thrives. It's not um that's such a cool environment because there's nothing that's really taken over. They all have their little patches. Oh, yeah. It's unfortunate because you do see the purple loosestrife coming in. Yeah. In this wild area, so. Um, but yeah, I just don't have a, an area to plant it. But I had like a, I don't even want to say a rain garden, but something like that. Yeah, I I definitely included it in there. It, it gives you some height yeah. if you're doing that. Like you said, you there you've seen some that are that are seven foot tall. Yes, so yep. it's it's going to be tall. I have the proof. <laughs> All right, Daryl, how about you? Something you would plant in your yard? Uh, if I had the space and the site conditions, yes. Okay. Um, but uh, it, to me, it's it's that. Um, it's more of the the park kind of place where where you've got a, a, a retention or a detention basin and some swales and things like that. Um, that that's where I see it, um, and that's where I would want to enjoy it. Uh, the the short lived seediness of it doesn't 
doesn't make to me for a great residential small yard lands, uh, plant, landscape plant that I can I, enjoy year after year. So. I agree. I, I, I don't have a place for it in my current residence. There's just, you know, I picture, like you said, like a park setting, mm-hmm. uh, like that wet meadow setting, and I don't have that or good place for it where I live now. But my last home backed up to the New Jersey Turnpike, and there were a pipeline. There was an easement, like a 125-foot mm-hmm. easement that they would mow once a year over the winter, and – it was wet. It was wetlands. I mean, naturally, it was soft rush and lurid sedge coming mm-hmm. up in hibiscus. So I had actually seeded things like verbena, stuff like that, um, into it, and it was just starting to come up. So yeah. it was it, it was a perfect condition for that for something that I mm-hmm. wasn't going to get mowed. It 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 didn't need to be mowed. It was only going to be touched once a year. So I thought that was a great spot for it i just don't have that spot now we have it growing down by our irrigation pond with with vernonia novoborensis neither of which we planted yeah that's awesome and that's that's the perfect natural spot so very cool awesome so uh thank you for joining us again today we have one more episode this week so make sure you tune in tomorrow for a native plant every day with tom and fran and until then keep it native thank you for listening to a native plant every day with tom and fran Hey everyone, this is Fran and Tom, and we just wanted to give you a quick reminder to tune in every Friday to our other podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yeah, so on Native Plants Healthy Planet, we dive into all different kinds of subjects revolving around native plants and our ecology and having a healthy planet. We have guests from uh, from colleges, from other podcasts, from different nonprofits we work with, even authors. It's a really good time. We hope you join us over there. Make sure you tune in, and until then, keep it native.